Well, the weather tried and well, it was successful in some areas. We still got some football underway, Adam. It's been a truncated weekend of football here in Queensland due to the wet weather. Welcome to the to the third edition of the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review for 2021. Scott and Adam with you once again this weekend. And as I said, Adam, we got some football underway at least. Yeah, look, uh, and given the uh, given the sort of how how nasty the conditions sort of you know turned, especially today. Yeah, uh, look, I think we're very, very fortunate to get that number of games in over the weekend because yeah, a lot of rain fell and a lot of pitches were waterlogged. Absolutely, plenty of rain all around the place, all up and down the eastern seaboard. We hope everyone is staying safe at the moment, but we'll we'll try and lighten the mood a little bit here with some football for you over the next twenty minutes or so. We'll start off with the NPL men's competition up here in Queensland, Adam. There were three games played over the weekend. Lions FC 2, Brisbane Roar Academy 2, Gold Coast Knights 4 and the winners of the Magpies Crusaders. And then the only game played today, Olympic 4-1 winners over Moreton Bay United. So we'll start at the game which we both attended on Saturday night out there at the Gold Line between the defending champions and the Roar Academy. And I know we were both really looking forward to this game, a two-all draw, draw between Lions and Brisbane Roar, and it most certainly did not disappoint. This was a fabulous game of football. Well, we said at the back end of last week's show that we were going to learn a lot about both these sides. Um, coming and look, and I, and I believe that's mission accomplished on that. Now, I think we learned that, you know, speaking about the defending champions' first lines, I think there are a couple of frailties at the moment where I think they, they are in sort of a slight rebuilding phase. Uh, the players that they lost uh, to the players that have come in to replace them, probably not up to speed just yet. And I think it's going to take time, Darren Syme, to sort of rebuild that side into, you know, a top-line team. They're still good, but, you know, there are some sort of frailties. On the other hand, I think this Brisbane Royal Academy side is here to play, and they're here to be really a genuine top-four chance, pretty much echoing pretty much everyone across the league, saying that they are, you know, better than, you know, they have ever been. Absolutely. I think you're right about Lions in particular. They just don't quite seem like they're themselves at the moment in terms of the fact that they've... They're still going to be really competitive this year. We know they're always going to be right up there. And I think you're right. We spoke to Darren Simon, who you'll hear from in a minute, about the fact that it's still not quite clicking. But the Raw were really sharp. I know they started off the game really well. And it was two goals from Alex Parsons for the Raw, which got them the point last night. And also Max Mickler and John Freno on the score sheet for Lions. So it's really encouraging with the Raw, the fact that they've got these young young players coming through. And they're starting to progress into the A-League. We saw... Cyrus Demi made it up to the A-League today. We've seen Alex Parsons, Keegan Jelicic both play A-League so far this year. And those three have looked really good in the NPL so far. So it's it's really great to see the fact that these young kids are getting their opportunity at the Raw in the A-League after performing in this competition. Yeah, and... Um... It's yeah, it's, it's, it's a credit to sort of how the program's working. Like those three players that you just mentioned, um, you know, Demi, uh, Jelchich and Parsons, they're all players that played last season for the Raw Academy. So it's not like they've just sort of they've been brought in, you know, done their time and, you know, gone you know, gone up. But of all earned their caps, you know, through, you know, plenty of minutes in the MPL. And um, yeah, the, I, I think last night's performance just showed that there's also, they've got a very, very good team, you know, in behind them, you know, Jackson, sorry, Jordan Courtney Perkins um, and Isaac Powell did both play last night. And, uh, and yeah, this is, a, this is a side that, you know, definitely uh, when they're at their best, they are really going to um, challenge you know, with the very best, where in the past we still said they'll compete against the lower teams, but then they'll be found wanting against um, against sort of the top clubs. I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah, Jackson's Clinton person. might talk about him a little bit later on towards the end of the show, but I think with Draw, you mentioned it's a, it is a really settled team, isn't it? We know it's a, it's something we haven't really seen from the Raw Academy. We know 
as an academy, it's all about producing players and bringing in new young players as they progress. But this is a it's a really settled team, isn't it? There's not too many changes from the back end of last season and even over almost the last 12 months since the since football shut down. It's pretty much almost the same team, isn't it? So you're starting to see those combinations really grow and they're becoming a, a team, not just a, a development level for the A-League side. They're actually becoming a really competitive team. And I know a lot of people were looking at them this year and thinking they could really challenge. And on the on this evidence of the first three games, I think that's absolutely accurate. They look like... They're one of the, they look like probably the second or third best team I've seen so far this season. They look really strong, and it's uh, also as well sort of you know from not lack of trying as well. It's the first it's the first uh, points I've actually taken off uh, lines in yep. seven meetings. So of that shows the the development that this side has sort of um, has built over the last few years. Where they've gone from simply you know make up the numbers and you know playing because they're you know, trying to develop players, actually a side that is putting in the performances, but they're also going for the results. And that's something I know, especially that Chris Grossman has really sort of instilled in this side. And it's reaping dividends at the moment. You know, Cyrus Demi, you know, at his age, doesn't get doesn't get an opportunity to play A-League without, you know, putting in some great performances, not only at the start of this season, but the back end of last season. So, and there's, and I'd say there's probably a couple more that may, in the next couple of years, really get a, a, a look in for that senior team. That's the one thing you're having, you know, a head coach like Warren Moon, uh, who knows a lot of these players, not only just, you know, through the academy, but sort of through previous appointments, that's really going to benefit this side. Absolutely. You mentioned Chris Crossman. So let's hear what he had to say after the game last night. And then we'll also hear from Darren Simon. We'll talk more about the game Again, after that, so let's hear what both coaches had to say last night after the two-all draw at Lions Stadium. We're talking about the coach of the Royal Youth, Chris Grossman. Chris, it's the first time I've had a chance to talk to you this year. How did you find the off-season? Did you get much of an off-season? Uh, not really. Not really. Off-season was, uh, was all about planning and, and, as you said before, just uh, recruiting. Uh, we lost a couple during the off-season. Um, we went to Townsville in the off-season, which was good. A good building uh, block for the young group. Um, and, yeah, it's good to good to see everyone back at football. It's uh, It's been a tough little period, but uh, it's fantastic to see football uh, out there again. And tonight was a fantastic uh, fantastic game, I thought. You mentioned the building. It was two all tall tonight against Lions here at Lions Stadium. It was an unbelievable form tonight. So you must have been... And the way you've gone the first three weeks of the season, you can really see that, that momentum building, can't you? Because it's been a really good start. Yeah, it has been. It has been. I think uh, you know we had a fair, fairly similar start to what we had last year. I think this was the game we had at Logan last year, and I think we went down one nil um, or two one. I think it was, but um, but yeah, it's a young group. It, uh, the building. I think we've had a consistent squad now for probably twelve months. So you know our expectations continue to rise. Our expectations of the players and their performance continue to rise. I think tonight is disappointing because we threw it away. I think uh, having a lead. I think our young players need to know now how to win games and. I think if you look at any team that knows how to win games, the uh, Lions are that team. And tonight, uh, tonight they snatched it. Um, but yeah, disappointing, I suppose, final third for us tonight, which is something we need to have a look at. So you mentioned the combinations though, that you've built over the last twelve months. In the front third, it's really, you can really notice the fact that those guys have been playing together for a while. That must be really comforting for you as a coach to have a really settled side now, because previously the raw at the youth have always had mix and match players coming and going, but. You've got that really sort of group now. Is the expectation this year 
about pushing for the top four? Is that the, is that the goal? Because it seems to be the thought around the league is that you guys are going to make a really big jump this year. Yeah, I think it has to be. I think, uh, you know, as, as we've got players that are training with the A-League squad every day, I think it's in, important to, to set goals really, really high. I think if we're setting anything any lower, I think we're, we're not doing the right thing by the players. I think uh, they need to be pushed. I mean, the next level, as I said to them just before, isn't going to get easier. So we need to make sure the bar's set very, very high. And, uh, you know, we're going to come across very, very good teams uh, in the league and different challenges every week. Tonight was one of them where we needed to hold on and we didn't. So we need to go back to the drawing board and continue to keep building. And, um, yeah, our, our, our aim this year is definitely top four. I think if we have anything less, I think with the group we've got, um, I think it'd be disappointing. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a frustrating uh, end to tonight. It was frustrating, but you mentioned the... Um the growth of some of the players who did play A-League over the summer, guys like Keegan Yelichich, Alex Parsons. Have you really seen an, a massive change in them in terms of anything in terms of since they've come back to your squad? Has anything changed them or is it just still the same process? No, the attitude's been good. I can't fault the young boys coming down. I think, uh, you know, they've still got a lot to learn, I'll, I'll be honest. I think, uh, you know, Geordie uh, had an unfortunate moment there tonight, which, you know, against Lions, you can't give teams goals and, and he'll, he'll be the first one to put his hand up. I think... Uh, um Oh, job by the coach of the Lions, Darren Simon. Darren, two-all draw here. Had to get the late equaliser there. What are your thoughts on that? It was a very tough match, wasn't it? I'm talking to you pre-season. You knew that Raw were going to be a much improved side, and they certainly were. Absolutely. Um, they're a top-four side, you know. So to get a, a two-all draw uh, against uh, that side, you know, it's certainly at the start of the year, like I said. I, I thought they were going to um, not cause some upsets, to be honest, because they're a good side, and, and so they should be. So no, um, obviously we would have liked to win. I thought conceded a couple of uh, sloppy goals uh, in all seriousness um, so yeah we'll take the point absolutely is that the area for improvement then for your side so you conceded three against Capalabar two against Gold Coast in the first game two mm. against like, offensively it seems to be working quite well for you but is that where you've got to try and really get the side back up to line stand if you like what we've seen from the first few years in the NPL oh oh hard one it's not just the first few years of the NPL historically this has always been a very um, you know scrupulous club in regards to um, conceding so we uh, yeah we're, we're, it's certainly something that we're looking at um, whether it's a fitness thing whether it's a, a you know a combination thing you know we haven't trained together on the pitch for you know a week and a half nearly two weeks now so I think that showed tonight absolutely you mentioned the pitch I mentioned it wasn't too bad at this not just feel standing like now it feels okay but it played all right oh yeah no it was fantastic it's uh it made for a, an exciting game, you know, it made a little bit slippery, but that means everyone has to be nice and alert. So, no, and the, the field was fa- uh, fantastic. So, we talked about in the preseason, a lot of new faces here at Lions this year. How are they, three games in there, how do you think everyone's fitting in in terms of the new players and betting in the system where you want to play? Yeah, uh, listen, it's, I think oh, I flagged it earlier. I still think we're, you know, not going to hit our straps for another, another few weeks. Um, but all in all, no, the boys are getting on, getting on well. You know, certainly the right-hand side is combining nicely, I think. Um, uh, Alex Fechnik obviously started tonight for the first time. Um, we get to see the best out of him. He's only going to get you know, better and better. Um, but they're all really hungry, really focused, and it makes it easy to work with players like that. Best luck next week. Thank you. So it was both coaches after the game last night there at Lions Stadium. Adam, we just heard from Darren Syme there, the coach of Lions. It's, it's, they're not panicking, and I don't think they should panic by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's going to take them a little while for these new combinations 
to gel, isn't it? We know they've lost a lot of players over the over the off season down to Victoria. They've brought in a bunch of new players, and it's just taking a bit of time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, no side that had you know Henry Hall, Mitch Hall, um, you know Marco Yankovic, and Jacob Alexander are going to just recover straight away. And you're not going to find four players throughout the Queensland leagues that could adequately replace it. You now we're talking about players like Max Mikula, uh, Jacob Minette, uh, Alex Fechner, and uh, one that escapes from my mind. Yes, Finn Beekhurst, yeah. That, you know, th- those players, you know, as good as they are, they've sort of come through, you know, Queensland, whereas those, those players, you know, have gone on. It's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, look, I think, you know, I still think that they're going to be, you know, there and about. But, you know, it's very, very unusual to see Lions only on four points after three games. Normally, they they you know, they win their first, you know, six or seven games. And then when they start taking on, you know, the top, the top clubs, you know, the, the, the Olympics, the, the Peninsula Powers, you know, the Gold Coast Knights of the world, that's when the, the points start getting shared around. But normally they're off to the fast start. But, you know, you know, a loss to Capalabar and a draw against Brisbane, you know, Brisbane Royal Academy after escaping with a win against um, Gold Coast Knights, um, it's very, from a, from a results point of view, it's very unlines like It is. You also got to remember, this is it's almost gone back to um, step one of their first year in the NPO when those players that you mentioned were a lot younger and they were building up and developing. It took them a took them a good first third of the season to really get going in in that year as well. They ended up going and winning the double. So I don't, I think there's still plenty of time ahead for Lions to get things right. It is interesting that Darren mentioned the defence in particular is something that it's been an absolute uh, stalwart of their of their success over the last couple of years, for lack of a better phrase, isn't it? The fact that they haven't conceded many goals and they're up to seven already in three games this year. That's very unlines like, and I think that's probably the number one area of concern that they will look to try and address over the next few weeks. Yeah, look, and the, and the other player we didn't even mention that they lost, that's a massive loss, is uh, Josh Brindle-South, who's, you know, who's playing for the Raw. So that, that really, sort of, yeah, defensively, um, look, Marty Simic is not getting any younger um, as well. Uh, Andy Thompson, you know, he's, he's still finding his ways ways to the back and you know sort of a new new combination you know and Nathan Beagley um and Jacob Annette's been used there lately it's it's like these things take time and I think yeah, yeah look it is round three um look at 26 round season I, I say the same about Gold Coast United at the moment they're sort of struggles at the moment it is very early in the season um they'll, they'll work about because they've got the players to do it it's just it's just really fascinating to see see them sort of you know sort of struggling it's very very the way they're playing is very very unlines like that we're, we've become accustomed to it. Maybe we've been spoiled over the last, you know, you know, three years or so about the way they played. Absolutely, I think there's many people who want to write off the Lions FC. I would certainly not willing oh, to do that. No, They're going to be well and truly in the fight over the course of the season. We'll move on to the other game on Saturday night, Adam. Briefly, four-nil win for Gold Coast Lions over Magpies Crusaders. Two goals each for Jason McQuasse and Nick Panetta in that game. So a good win down on the coast for Gold Coast. So this afternoon, Adam, four-one. Win, win for Olympic over Morton Bay, two for Daniel Leck, one for Zach Anderson and Steve White on the scoreboard for Olympic. And they they really just marched on, didn't they? That was a really impressive performance in what was quite horrendous conditions up in your neck of the woods this afternoon. Yeah, look, first of all, you know, credit to both teams. That, those conditions were some of the worst... Yeah, you know, I have seen just, and I, I had fortunate to be, you know, obviously watching it on the stream. I wasn't there. Um, the The... the Play that both teams put up um, was was you know exceptional for that for that level in those conditions. It was driving rain. I don't think the stream ever, ever does it justice. You know, I'd, I'd love to talk to someone who was actually at the ground 
show how bad the conditions were. But uh, look, the fact that they got that game completed was, you know, it was almost a miracle in itself. But um, yeah, look, a professional performance, but from Olympic Day, they're pretty much in the box seat from the fourth minute onwards when they opened up early after um, Morton Bay had a uh, offside goal denied very, very early on for Zach Kierpohl. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, look, all full credit to Olympic Day, obviously looked like the standard bearers at the moment. Uh, Morton Bay, look, one of those days, tough conditions. Lyndon Farr, second yellow card, which sort of at least, you know, they can see two goals after he uh, got an early shower. And quite frankly, I don't blame him <laughs> trying to play in those I don't think you need an early shower in those conditions. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, look, yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, hard not to be impressed with Olympic um, for Morton Bay. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll go again. Yeah, I think because I only saw the second half of this game. I was watching the A League, obviously, so I didn't see the first half. But I think it, I want to give credit actually to Morton Bay as a club and also the facility at Walter Park for being able to withstand those conditions and get 90 minutes through there because not too far down the road at AJK Park and Redcliffe, they did kick off. I believe Peninsula were two 0 up at the time when that game got abandoned midway through. The first half against Gold Coast Knights. Gold Coast United, Biggie Punch. I didn't read that result out earlier because it got abandoned and it'll be replayed. But that got abandoned in basically the same conditions, and yet Walter Park stood up. So I want to give him credit for for that facility being able to stand up. And not just the fact that Morton Bay play there, Albany Creek play there in the Brisbane Premier League, and they've got mountains. Of, I assume most of the juniors would have been called off over the weekend, but that. That's a heavily used ground, and it stood up really well. Well, actually, um, the, both the under-18s and the under-23s both actually did play um, prior to that. And for, so, for, yeah, for the ground to uh, really sort of, you know, withstand 180 minutes before that game, where most like uh, Lions last night had uh, MPL Women's Game Pro, which we'll get into shortly, but they cancelled all their other games on that pitch. That was only, so that was only uh, one, one game prior to the main game. Last night, and yeah, it looked very choppy by the end of it. Um, look, a bit like Walter Park, you know, it, it is, it does take a lot of traffic, and for it to withstand that, it was getting very, very, you know, water, you know, by the end of it. Yeah. But the amount of rain that they, they got was just, no. Yeah, I think also as well, the four o'clock kickoff compared to 4.30 up at AJ Kelly Park might have also been a factor in the fact that, you know, they got, they're able to get through that game or, and with in combination with the the good pitch, they were able to get through the full ninety. Absolutely, I dare say that keep off the grass sign might be put up at AJ <laughs> Kelly Park, but I don't multiply by the grounds, but along with a few other grounds around the place over the next I think week, deserves given, to. Yep. given the weather. So we'll talk about the three rescheduled games at the end of the at the end of the and We'll move on to the um, NPL Women's over the weekend, where there was almost a full round played. There was only two games postponed. So we'll go through the results quickly. The Gap on Friday night beat Mitchelton. Three goals to nil. There was a five-all draw at Walter Park between Morton Bay United and Logan Lightning. Three-nil win for Lions yesterday against Olympic. Two-nil for Souths over the Thunder. Three-all draw at Meekin Park between the QAS Western Pride. And in the final game of the round, which was completed, Gold Coast United 3-2 against the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Now, Adam, you watched the game on Friday night between the Gap and Mitchelton. A really good win there for the Gap in the local derby over Mitchelton. Yeah, their, their opening game of their campaign after their round one match against Kapalabar, which was scheduled for Tuesday night, got got uh, abandoned. Uh, got, sorry, postponed, I should say. Um, yeah, but this this was a professional performance. They, they, look, they look pretty good, um, you know, with uh, Miguelo you know, coaching that side. Um, and, and yeah, like the, the young players, uh, Georgia Beaumont, uh, Emily Roach got onto the board, and Christina Amadou, Yuji. Uh, got the third goal, so they they're um, they're ticking along fine. Um, 
at the moment, it, like I said, there'll, there'll be um, bigger tests, you know, ahead. Uh, Mitchelton, Mitchelton looking probably middle of the road at the moment. You couldn't really gauge, you know, too much out of that. They had they had their sort of, you know, some chances, but probably uh, on balance, you know, gap were too good. Absolutely. You watched that game. I was at Lions Stadium yesterday afternoon for the doubleheader, the first of those games, Lions against Olympic. 3-0 win for Lions over Olympic. Two goals from Shea Connors and one for Amy Gunston right at the end. I mean, and it was a pretty comfortable afternoon at the office for Rob Askew's side. The defending champions went ahead quite early in the game and just controlled the game from there. There was a lot of control possession from Lions Olympic. Worked quite hard. They were certainly, the effort was there. wasn't quite there in the front third for them to be able to create the opportunities to really trouble Lions, but they competed quite well. And I think they've, they've shown that they're going to be a competitive mid-table, so I'm not sure how far up the table Olympic will end up going, Adam, but... Lions look like they're going to be right up at the top of the table once again, as we all predicted at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. Look, and that's a, that's the thing is that they, they are missing as well a couple of players, as was speculated with Merrill Hecker and um, and Winnie Heatley. But uh, the player that you know, that stuck out for mine from Lions has really sort of you know impressed me is uh, is Florence McIntyre. Yes. She she's she's come into that side you know into the centre back. Role and yeah, she she looks really really comfortable on the ball. I think she's a great addition. Um, and looking at also obviously the obvious obvious addition for um Lions is Shay Connors, who uh you know, has three goals in two games, and that's you know business as usual for her. Doing exactly what they brought Shay Connors in to do, no doubt about that. It's going quite well over there for Lions. Now we'll move on to the FQPL. I'm read through the results here quickly. Southwest Queensland Thunder two, Ipswich Knights one, Brisbane City four one winners in the local derby over Mitchelton. And a two-all draw between Southside Eagles and the Rochdale Rovers as two games were washed out. So they'll be replayed at a later date. So just the three games in FQPL1 this week at Adam. And I guess the most interesting thing is all three teams who we talked about in our season preview who will be in contention for the promotion spot played. But Rochdale slipped up away to Southside Eagles. That's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, um, it's sort of debate on that about what, what's been the biggest surprise of the season so far. Um, between between uh, Kapalbar's win over Lions on Monday night or Southside Eagles, uh, you know, b- picking up a point against Rochdale, who, like I said, a lot of people rate Rochdale very highly to be, you know, in the. Um, in the in the promotion race, and as a lot of people say, that's two vital points that may have been dropped. That could be the difference in the end. Um, look, no, there's no disrespect to South Southside Eagles. You know, you know those conditions. Obviously, they, they they look like a better side under under new coach uh, Claude Capelli. And uh, and yeah, look, that that's that's a first step. They had a they had a win first up against Holland Park Hawks. Yeah. So can we be should we be really surprised? But um, yeah, that's that's a big win. Um, yeah, Brisbane City. Yeah, you know, doing what Brisbane City doing. They they beat Mitchelton and uh, Southwest Queensland Thunders and Ipswich Knights. Who Ipswich Knights last week we we saw um, last Sunday night, who were very impressive, and that looked like that was a high high standard game. So, so yeah, no, it's it's um I think again it's the teams that we're expecting to be there, you know, are are performing. But yeah, that Rochdale, that Rochdale sort of draw. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see whether that, that plays a factor. Absolutely. We should mention, we're talking about Thunder and Ipswich Knights. Knights took the lead in that game, Adam, out there in the fifth minute up on the range. And it took until the 95th minute for Pasquale De Vita to get the winner for the Thunder. So they left it very, very late. Yep. So you mentioned potentially two points dropped for, for Rochelle. It might be a four-point swing ultimately because that's two points gained right at the death yep. there from the Thunder. And I think it's a good point you made about the um, South Side Eagles as well. 
they're a side who've struggled so far, it's fair to say, in FQPL life yeah. over the first couple of years of that competition. It looks like, at least at the start this year, it looks like they've got a bit more fight about them and they might be able to push up and maybe challenge them on those mid-table spots at the very least. Yeah, look, and that's you sort of look at the last couple of seasons. It, it was almost in a way an automatic. Um, it almost it was an automatic three points. It you felt know. like that, didn't it? It felt like it. Yeah. Um, just yeah, they just didn't seem to sort of put. They'll, they'll put the occasional performance in. You know, against teams that you know are around that sort of mark, like a Holland Park or you know a Sunshine Coast Fire and whatnot, but yeah, that, that's a that's a major scalp. I know it's only a draw, but you know, for for a club like that to take to take a, a point away from Underwood Park, um, that which which was actually switched over, I, I might say. Yeah, a home game well. for South Eagles at Underwood Park. Yeah, so um, so yeah, that's that's like I said, we'll be interesting whether whether that you know not only for the consequences for Rochdale, but also seeing you know, where that takes um, Southside Eagles. I think that, that squad, that might be a you know, confidence and belief. Absolutely. This is the one game played in FQPL 2 to kick off the first weekend of that competition, unfortunately. So there's there's still three, three, six teams there in three games who are yet to make their debut. There was only the one game played was on Friday night, and this was this was quite a really impressive performance from the Caporcha, wasn't it? It was a 5-1 win over Sanford up there at the Morton Bay Sports Complex, and this was I think a lot of people thought Kabulchu would be the team to beat in this competition, and they put the marker out quite early. Very, very hard at the moment to know where they they sit, being the only FQPL two game, you know, because they're you know obviously victims of, of the weather, the other three fixtures. But yeah, if that, if that's a statement to the competition that they're there, you know, to get to get promoted, um, yeah, that that was the perfect way to do it. You know, I'd look at the game itself. Um, Sanford weren't that bad they just missed a few opportunities and uh Kabulcha took their opportunities so uh, i think um the Sanford were always going to be the underdogs going to this game but um yeah i just think you know Kabulcha really served you know they they sort of you know, won the arm wrestle very quickly and they really sort of you know as they as said laid down a marker they most certainly did there are there are three games to be played in that competition they are scheduled currently for Tuesday, I would take this with a pinch of salt at the moment, to be honest, given the weather at the moment. We don't know when it's going to stop raining and if these fields will be dry enough in time for these to be going ahead. But three games listed in the FQPL 2, Adam, for Tuesday night between North Star, Grange, Thistle, Coomera, Turinga and Magic United, Virginia. So potential there for some some really good moments as the competition hopefully gets fully underway. Yeah, look, that's right. And once you start going down lower in the in in the competitions as well, the, the ability of those grounds to recover after rain like this as well. Like if these if these games are played, you know, sort of the top MPL venues, you'd say, you know what, Tuesday night they'll probably be right. Um, yeah, but so as we start going down further, the facilities, you know, and the drainage is probably not as good as that. So yeah, Tuesday night having some of these games played on Tuesday night maybe a bit optimistic and that goes the same for you know maybe FQPL yeah. one and even some some um yeah. MPL women's grounds. I but, think they're all optimistic to be honest with you actually Adam. I'll go through the rest of them yeah. quickly now. You've got Wood and Wolves and Holland Park along with Sunshine all well, Sunshine Coast and Western Pride hasn't even been scheduled yet. So that one who knows what's gonna happen. But Wynn and Wolves and Holland Park listed for Tuesday in the FQPL one which you mentioned. In the MPL women's there are two games scheduled for Tuesday night. Brisbane City and Capalaba, that should be a highly entertaining match up there at Spencer Park if that goes ahead along with East and Virginia. And in the MPL men's, there's one game tomorrow night, or Monday night, between East and Redlands. And then you've got a Brisbane Strikers, Capalaba, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, Logan. So there's plenty of matches potentially to be played for some midweek football for people to get out and watch. But to your point, I think at the moment it's going to be a case of 
those might get pushed further down the road as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, you just so you just don't know. Like, see, this is this is not like just just your seasonal, you know, you know, you know late late uh, yeah, late autumn, you know, thunderstorms. These are this is constant, persistent rain. Some of the some of the the rainfall numbers have just been absolutely, you know, just unbelievable almost at some point, especially on the Gold Coast. And yeah, look, uh, whether some of these games, you know, even some of next week's games uh, scheduled yeah. may be um, a question mark on where they'll go ahead, just simply because even if the rainfall stops, uh, just having those facilities ready to go for next weekend, you know, there, there is some doubt on that. So yeah, I think we might, we might be having a few games, you know, being replayed, you know, further down the track. Absolutely. We mentioned the next weekend's game, so we'll might as well finish up by talking about what those fixtures do look like. In the MPL men's, we'll start there. Gold Coast play East, Morton Bay against Magpies, Redlands against Sunshine Coast, Logan hosts Lions, Capalabar hosts Gold Coast Knights, the Raw will play host to the Strikers, and in the game, which I think is probably the pick of the round by a bit here, Adam, Olympic SC will host Peninsula Power on Sunday evening at Goodwin Park, and this when these sides got together about this time last year, Peninsula made a real statement of intent about what they intend to do for the rest of the season. It should be another massive, massive clash here between the current league leaders, Olympic FC, and the defending premiers, Peninsula Power. Yeah, look, if it wasn't for the, the uh, weather intervening um, of AJ Kelly this afternoon, this could have been potentially, you know, both teams at, you know, three for three, you know, going at it, which would have been for the, you know, pretty much for the premier. The uh, league lead, and uh, and look, I even even if this game, I would expect the Pinchot Power should beat um, Gold Coast. You know, if that game is replayed during, yes, that's the other one. The Tuesday night, allegedly, not yep. confirmed, but we've been told Tuesday night. Yeah, so this this game really sets up as a um, as a big game. You know, to really sort of, you know that may point, you know, give some clues out who is who is the dominant team in the MPL at the moment. So yeah, no, I can't wait for this one. Absolutely. In NPL Women's, there's also a massive matchup here on Saturday afternoon down at Coplick Family Sports Park between the Gold Coast United, the defending Premier and Capalaba, who unfortunately they haven't played a game yet so yeah. far in 2021. They've had two successive rainouts, so they'll be looking forward to finally getting out on the field, perhaps, depending on what the field's like down there on the Gold Coast. But that that should be a massive, massive clash so between those two sides. We know Gold Coast, they're two for two, and Capalaba have got the firepower to challenge anyone in this competition. Well, we'll get we'll get a clue on that. You know, if if that game goes ahead on Tuesday night against Brisbane City, that's going to be and they'll have its challenges on its own. I think I I dare say Kapalba would not want to look too far ahead beyond Tuesday night because Brisbane City no. do have obviously the, the the players to be able to you know to cause some troubles. But yeah, that's going to be a huge game because we think that you know with Lions, uh, they they're probably the three teams that you know you're you're looking at at the moment as far as you know being in with the uh, premiership sort of contenders absolutely that's the that's the pick of the games in the MPL women's there's a few others as well, we'll look at the FQPL Adam and there's a massive massive clash here there's something that I imagine a lot of people would have circled in terms of the being a potentially decisive matchup I know it's only round three but it's Southwest Queensland Thunder playing host to Brisbane City on Sunday afternoon up there at Clyde Berghofer Stadium we know the Thunder are exceptionally good at, at, at home I'm sure they will be looking for three points here to just remind Brisbane City that you might be the team who came down from the MPL, but we're right here and we're challenging you for this spot to go up because this should be an unbelievable clash. Up on the range, they're a really hard team to beat. Yeah, and this again, another another fixture. It's almost like uh, 
Almost like uh, the the uh, scheduling gods have been kind to us, I think, because uh, another game, which I think were an early sort of you know marker, who who is the favourites um, in the league, you know, because yeah, Southwest Queensland Thunder up in Toowoomba, a very different proposition to you know down down here at sea level, and uh, and yeah, look, Brisbane City, who have been fairly impressive so far, um, yeah, this is probably the first real test about whether they're going to go straight back in or whether there's going to be a few obstacles thrown their way. Absolutely. It'll be very interesting to see. Well, this time next week, we'll have a, an interesting idea of where all, th- all th- three of the four football Queensland competitions stand going. I'll at least have an idea of where they stand going into next over the course of the season. Now, Adam, before we wrap up, we always go through our performer of the week. Who's yours for the week? Oh, you got me um, caught me off guard. That's all right. We're doing this weekly. Uh, look, for mine, Alex Parsons, uh, uh, performer of the week. Uh, two goals, you know, to, to, come from, to come from behind from a 1-0 deficit uh, for for the Raw. Nearly nearly pinched it um, before Jordan Farina's 84th minute uh, uh, equaliser. But, uh, yeah, look, I think two goals against Lions, you know, I think any player that gets it would be, you know, pretty happy with that. And he's uh, my performer of the week. He was certainly very, very good. No doubt about that. I'll go from the game before that. Shea Connors did what all good strikers do, bob up with two really well-taken goals. So I think that's that's my serious one for the week. Now, there is a less serious one of the week, but I'm, going to give a, I'm actually going to give half my vote to the um, scouts down there in NPL Victoria, particularly at, at Port Melbourne and South Melbourne, where there were 12 players who were running around in the NPL Queensland last year playing for those two sides on Friday night. So they've got a good eye for talent down there, Adam. Oh, they do, and uh, yeah, look, I, I got a feeling that this is going to be a uh, a weekly uh, a weekly sort of you know pot shot. I think maybe because... not weekly. We'll have a few of them over the course of the year. Yeah, no, no, no. and if, it, if if this uh, if this uh, show does go out beyond our state border down to the south South Queensland, um, yeah, give us your thoughts because uh, when, like I said, great development league you've got down there. If it, if it does go down to that part of the world, that was Adam's idea, and I would still very much like to travel to Victoria at some point in the near future. Oh, like I said, they'll let me in. Tell them we're in the big airport. We'll go down there and we'll have a look at how those guys are going. What do you say, Adam? Yeah, I think I think so. I think that might be uh, that that might be the one redeeming factor is that you know what it'd be form a good you know good see those Queenslanders perform in that league. There's still plenty of great Queensland talent up here in the NPL Queensland, and maybe maybe some games midweek. If not, I'll get out to the local grounds next weekend and enjoy the local football. And thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. All right, we'll talk to you all later.